Good morning, everybody. It's a beautiful morning this morning. We welcome you here. Um, about three years ago, we visited here uh, one Sunday, and we haven't left. So we welcome you guys. And if you are a guest with us this morning, we ask that you would fill out the card in the seat back in front of you and place it in the black box in the back. Um, I want to share something with you just really fast, um, a little praise report. Last Sunday, I came forward, as a lot of people did, with like a heavy burden, and the Lord gave me a special word, and I won't share all of it, but it was mainly the words that just kept going over and over was trust and have faith. And whenever we run into situations in our life where we have no control over or we're worrying about something, we need to lay it at the feet of Jesus and trust and have faith in him that he will take care of the situation. So we welcome you here this morning. Good morning, brothers and sisters. It's uh, great to be in God's house this morning to see all you beautiful people here with us at the palace today. Um, like my wife said, if you're new with us at the palace, be sure and fill out the uh, card in the seat back and turn in the offering box in the back. And if you'll direct your attention to the screen, you'll find out how you can get connected with us here at the palace. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Cindy. And I'm Mindy. If you're watching online, we're thankful you have joined us as well. Here are a few upcoming events you might be interested in. You are invited to the wedding shower for Lindsay Rubel and Tommy Baldridge on Saturday, March 19th. The shower will be held in the Metro from 2 to 4 p.m. They are registered at Walmart and Amazon. Please bring a card with your favorite recipe on it. Andrew DeCanut and Craig Reynolds encourage all men to check out their new exciting podcast, Real Men Talk. This vibrant podcast is a discussion of many issues that men deal with on a daily basis. The weekly shows will be available in most podcast stores, including Apple iTunes, Google Play Store, Audible, Amazon Music, every Thursday at 5 p.m. Louise Marvin invites all ladies to join her for prayer meeting on Tuesday mornings at 10.30 a.m. in room 101. How neat is that? That's pretty neat. some pine cones. Early settlers actually thought pine cones were tree poop. When they stepped on a pine cone, they'd say, oh no, I got tree poop on my tootsies. That fact was proven wrong in 1906 by Dr. Douglas Bubble Trousers. Wow. Look at this neat scenic environment. Just look at it exist. 
Oh, wow, look. You can search all day and not find one of these. Wow. There sure is a lot of nature out today. No doubt about it. It'd be a great capper to a great day to see a wild animal. Let's call out to him. Let's see what we can get. Come here, buddy. Come here, buddy. Come here, buddy. We will hurt you. We will hurt you. I don't hear anything. Let's stir things up a bit. this week. Follow us on social media and the church app. Visit our website for updates on current or future events. Now let's celebrate Jesus. Will you guys stand with me and pray with me? God, I just pray, Lord, that you come into this house, God. I pray, Lord, that you flood in this house with the Holy Spirit, God. I pray, Lord, that you start a fire with the Holy Ghost, God, and spread in the name of Jesus, God. I pray for anointing over the worship team. I pray for anointing over Pastor Miller, God, Lord, that you just pour out into us, God, in the name of Jesus, God. Open up our hearts, our eyes, our ears, our minds, and our souls. And I pray, Lord, that you implant a... a life lesson into us, God, and that we can use it, God. And I pray, Lord, that you give us opportunities to pour out into other people and spread your love and your word and your light, God, so they can go to you and be saved, God. I pray for the people that do not know you today, God, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you come to you, God, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you speak to them and lead them to you, God, so they can give everything to you, God, and have everything off their shoulders, God, and be free. Take off the chains, God, today, God. I pray, Lord, that you shake this house, God, in the name of Jesus. Speak today in the name of Jesus, God, in the name of Jesus, amen.
Lord, you've seen them all 
Hebrews 12, 28 and 29 says this. Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And thus, let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe. For our God is a consuming fire. Lord Jesus, our prayer today that you fill this place with fire from the front to the back, from each side, that we are consumed by you and by your life and your holiness, that we are caught in awe and reverence of who you are this morning in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. It is so good to be with you this morning. I want to remind you, as you leave, you can continue to worship through your giving of tithes and offering in our tithe boxes, or you can give online via our app or on our website. We're thankful for you and your, and your giving and God using that to further the kingdom in Jesus' name. Let's do our declaration together this morning. Let's declare the word of God over this place some more this morning. Lord, today by faith, we declare that we are walking in the manifestation season. As your faithful remnant, we will house your very presence. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and he has delivered us from all of our troubles and fears. We are no longer victims, but we are victors in Christ. We will not be deceived by the lies of the enemy, but we will give health, healing, and wholeness to the hopeless and those in despair. We will live under your anointing and see the revealed purpose of Christ in each of our lives, and we declare your everlasting word on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, today and every day till you come back, we're gonna declare your word here at the palace of praise. Lord Jesus. We're thankful, Lord, for your presence and your spirit, Lord. And I pray we all in this house, Lord, saved and unsaved, are consumed by you, Lord Jesus, that those who don't know you would inherit the kingdom of God this morning, Lord, that your will be done in this place, God. We give this time to you, God. We come here with reverence and awe together with one mind set on you, Jesus. Take over and do your will, Lord God. Let there be liberty in this house for you to do what you do want to do. Your will be done in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. It's so good to see everybody here this morning. Look at your neighbor and say, I've never seen you quite look this good before. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, this is a wonderful Sunday morning where we're gathered together, where we're coming under the same umbrella to worship the same Lord and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Isn't he worthy to be worshiped? Amen. Isn't he worthy to be worshiped, Palace? Amen. This morning, we got a great treat for you. Uh, we were privileged this week. Uh, we had put a staff retreat together. It's been a long time since I've been able to get together with my staff and pour into them, and they pour into us, and we had a great time of fellowship, and I had a special teacher come along and uh, minister to him as well. You're going to be hearing from him in a minute. Uh, um, Tim Ofield is not a stranger to some of you. Some of you watch him online or did watch him online. He pastored a potter house in Columbus, Ohio for 29 years, a major, major uh, 
campuses, five different campuses, I think, in, around in that area. He's been a leader among leaders. He's served on the Council of 18 for our General Executive Committee. He's highly esteemed. He's uh, one of the most anointed men of God that I've ever met, and I'm very privileged to be able to become his friend. His lovely wife is with him this uh, time also. She'll be coming up to sing in just a few seconds right before he preaches, but we want to remind you he does have some books out in the foyer. You might want to check that out after the service. It's a wonderful book. It's good because his wife told him what to say in it. Amen. I have been picked on all week by this man. I thought I liked him until I have got together with him. And his wife has come along and been the bright spot of this whole weekend. We are so thankful she is with us. It's covered up all of the other pain and anguish and suffering that I've had to tolerate. But we love the Oldfields. Would you give them a hand as she comes and ministers in song? Praise the Lord. It's good to be with you this, this morning. I feel the presence of God. I feel just at home. This is yours, buddy. of who you are I give you glory because of who you are I give you praise oh and because of who you are I will lift my voice and say Lord I worship you
Can we just praise the Lord and whatever? Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. We honor you, Lord. We welcome you. We acknowledge that you're here. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Man, I love you. You can be seated. I love the presence of the Lord, don't you? You know, as, as Pastor Miller, by the way, I didn't know he was so sensitive. <laughs> you know, I, I, uh, I love this man, love his wife as we've gotten to know her. These are, uh, these are extraordinary people. And, and I know that you know this. I can, yeah, go ahead and give honor to them. Yeah. 
You know, I can tell that you love him just by uh, walking in here today and just a few interactions. Uh, you know, I have, uh, when I first met Kent Miller, I thought, man, this is, uh, this is one of the most genuine, real, authentic, transparent uh, pastors that I have ever met. And he is that way when he's in a place like this, and he's that way when he's out of this place. And uh, man, what a wonderful church you have. What a wonderful place to worship that you get to be a part of and be connected to. Um, you know, I, as Pastor Miller shared, Becky and I uh, pastored for 29 years in Columbus. It was a magnificent uh, experience and journey that God gave us. Uh, my middle son became the lead pastor about six months ago. I started working out of the state office um, with uh, Bishop Ron Martin, who some of you may know, great leader. And this has, been a, this has been an adjustment for us, and we get to travel and, and different churches. And to come into a place like this is, uh, is refreshing, because you don't have this everywhere. Don't ever take for granted the presence of God that is, uh, that is in this place. But we love, uh, we love your leaders and got to spend a little time with your staff. And, and thank you, uh, Pastor Kent, for allowing us to come and be a part of that. Uh, and we love Palace of Praise. Uh, what a place. I come, uh, I come here today with a specific assignment, I believe, uh, that I want to share with you. Um, how many of you know that by the sovereignty of God, you and I are alive on the face of the earth in such a time as this? Such a time as wars and pandemics and upheaval and much hate in many parts of our culture, confusion, and fear. And can I tell you this, and I want you to, I want you to hear me, everything that you want in God is on the other side of fear. Because whenever God wants to do something great in your life, the chief tool of your spiritual adversary is fear. Faith moves mountains. Fear makes you run from them. And you have to make a decision. Now I know, I know it's Sunday morning, I know we're in church, and I know what the, the church answer is, but I'm telling you that there's a lot of church folk, a lot of believers that have been stymied by fear in these days. And you don't have to be. How many of you love the Word of God? How many of you believe the word of God? Well, let's look into it and see what, uh, what it says. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your presence that we have experienced here today. We, we recognize that and we say thank you. And we ask, Lord, that your spirit continue to move and, and open our understanding. Lord, let your word be bread for us today. Speak to us. Change conditions, I pray, today. Lord, we ask your anointing would move upon us all as we look into an eternal book and we pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ and everybody in the room said, amen. amen. I want to start in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18. And this is what it said. Jesus is speaking and he turns to Peter and he says to him, you, Peter, you are the chip off of a rock. 
is literally what is your stone. And on this rock, I will build my church. It's a different word. It's the massive rock. Jesus is telling Peter, you're a part of this, but I am the massive rock on which I will build. Whose church is it? Jesus said, it's my church. And the gates of hell, the gates of Hades, cannot, it shall not prevail against it. Now, I know just like I'm sure here is the places that I've been. We praise God and we believe God and we, we know these things, but too often times we struggle to live out the reality of what God's book said. Jesus said the gates of hell shall not prevail against my church. And I want to walk you through a story today in the Bible to help you understand the depth of that meaning. It's a fascinating story and a powerful message. And again, I want to say to you, the things in God that your heart desires oftentimes is on the other side of fear. We are living in a fear-controlled culture in the world today. And let me remind you, the book said in Luke 21, 26, in the last days that men's hearts would fail them for fear. For looking after those things which are coming on the earth. Let's just pause here for a minute. We're just on the tail end, hopefully, of a two-year pandemic. And we all know what we've all been through. And the confusion and the uncertainty and, and the struggle of fear. Across the country, in, in America, many people have left the church. They didn't want to get, uh, they didn't want to get sick. And they got outside of church and it got comfortable to watch church in your pajamas. And a large percentage of those they say are not coming back to church. They wouldn't call it fear, but it was fear. We're living in a day where just last Sunday, I believe, a man that I believe is extraordinarily unstable talked about alerting his nuclear forces and the horror of that and what that could bring. We don't know what the next day holds. We don't know what could happen tomorrow or this week. But the Bible said that men's hearts would fail them for fear, looking on the things that are coming on the earth. Fear is Satan's tool. I want you to remember that as we talk about this story. Now, Jesus, the Bible said in Matthew 16 and verse 13, he came into the region of Caesarea Philippi. Caesarea Philippi was 120 miles from Jerusalem. Now, they didn't have cars. They didn't have planes and trains. It was 120 miles from Jerusalem. And the first thing that I thought was, why did Jesus bring them to Caesarea Philippi to say the things that he was going to say? There's a reason. Caesarea Philippi was named by Herod Philip, one of Herod's three sons, who had the oversight, and he named it after his Caesar and himself. Caesarea Philippi stood in a very lush area at the foot of Mount Hermon. It was dominated by immoral activities and pagan worship. And it became the region or a center for religious worship 
to pagan gods and, and specifically to the Greek god Pan. The Greeks named the city Peneus in his honor. And years later, the Romans conquered the territory and the city continued to focus on the worship to Greek gods. And in the cliff that stood above the city, the local people built shrines to Pan and celebrated their pagan god. And so when they came in the region of Caesarea Philippi, Jesus asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And so they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. So Jesus brought them on a 120-mile journey, and he then turns to them at Caesarea Philippi and says, Who do they say? that I am. And those guys begin to give answers and, and John and, and Jeremiah and they just begin to say, this is who some of them think that you are. And then Jesus, verse 15, said to them, but who do you say that I am? And I'm telling you, in our day, in this moment, how you answer that question has profound effect on your life. He said, who do they say? And they all had an answer. <clears throat> but who do you say that I am? And Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father, which is in heaven. You and I are living in days where there's so many gods that men worship in our culture and around the world that a lot of people don't really understand. They haven't fully grasped the depth of who he is. Now, if I'm going to walk out my faith and I'm going to be everything God intended me to be, and I'm going to experience the fullness of what that book says that I am to be and what I am to experience and to see, if I'm going to walk in that, I've got to know who he is. Who do you say that he is? Is he a Sunday thing for you? Is he something that makes you feel good from time to time? Is he a powerful religious figure? Or is he your everything? That every day you live, you have fellowship with him. Every day that you live, you contemplate him. He said, who do you say that I am? After a 120-mile trip to Caesarea Philippi, he says, who do you say that I Can I tell you who he is? If you want to understand who he is, the word of God is the revelation of Jesus Christ. And I just want to give you a little, little inkling of, of who he is. From Genesis to Revelation, he is the son of the living God. He is the one that declared all power is given to me. We either believe that or we don't. Because if he has all power, that doesn't leave any for anybody else. Come on, somebody and say amen. 
I look in the Bible and I read way back in Genesis 3.15. It was there that God said to the devil, to the serpent in the garden, there's going to come a seed of woman and he's going to crush your head and you're going to bruise his heel. And we begin to meet Jesus. In Genesis 49 and 10, he said the scepter would not depart from Judah until Shiloh was come. Talking about Jesus Christ. When you look in the book, in the book of Exodus chapter 12, there he is as the spotless lamb that is being sacrificed where the blood would be applied that the death angel would have to Passover uh, when he came through the land. If you look in the Word of God and you begin to read in the book of in the book of Isaiah chapter nine and verse six, he's wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. In Isaiah eleven and ten, the Bible said of him that the the incense that he would be an incense to the people, his rest would be glorious, and the Gentiles would also seek him. In Isaiah fifty three, he is the suffering righteous servant uh, who gave himself uh, for us all. Uh, in Hosea chapter 2 and verse 15 uh, the Bible said that in the valley of trouble, in the valley of Achor, there is a door of hope. Have you ever been there in a time of trouble and found a way out uh, because of Jesus Christ? Uh, if you look to Malachi 4 and 2, this is what the Bible said about him, that he is the son of righteousness rising uh, with healing in his wings over in the New Testament in Matthew 2 and 6. The Bible called him the governor that would rule over God's people. In Mark 1 24, he is the Holy One of God. In Luke 1 69, he's called the horn of our salvation. In Luke 1 78, he's the day spring from on high. In John chapter 1 verse 1, he's the word of God. In John 1 14, he's the word that became flesh. In in John 1 34 he's the son of God in John 1 29 he's the lamb of God in John 1 41 he's the Messiah which being interpreted is the Christ or the anointed one in John 6 and 35 he's the bread of life come down from heaven in John 8 and 12 he's the light of the world in John 8 58 the Bible said he was standing talking to a group of people and he started is it okay if I come down here and wander around a little bit he was standing with a group of people and he started talking about Abraham. And they said, well, how can you say anything about Abraham? You're not even 50 years old. And Jesus said in verse 58, before Abraham was, I am. That's who I'm talking about today. In John chapter 10 and verse 14, he's called the good shepherd. In John 11, 25, he is the resurrection and the life. In John 14 and 6, he is the way, the truth, and the life. In John John 15 and 5, he's the living vine. In Acts 3, 15, he's the prince of life. In Acts 10, 36, he's Lord of all. In Hebrews 8 and 6, he's the mediator of a better covenant. In Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2, he is the author and the finisher of our faith. In Titus 2, 13, he's the great God and our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. In Revelation 1 and 8, he's 
Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, he which is, which was, and which is to come. A few verses later, verse 17, John said, when I saw his face, I fell at his feet as dead, but he laid his right hand on me and said, fear not, I'm the first and the last. I'm he that liveth and was dead. And he said, behold, I'm alive forevermore and have the keys of death and of hell. Hallelujah. In Revelation 22, 20, he said, I am coming soon. He's our soon coming king. Whatever you need him to be in this journey of life, that's who he is. He was Jacob's ladder. He was Elijah's mantle. He was a fire that fell on Carmel. He's the healing balm of Gilead. He's a wheel in the middle of a wheel. He's a stream in the desert. He's a rock in a weary land. And let's not talk about him like he's not here. He's here right now. This same Jesus says, who do you say? Who do you say? I feel the good Holy Ghost. That is the most profound question. That you'll ever have to answer. I feel the Holy Ghost here. I'm telling you the Holy Spirit wants to set some folk free today. see the torment that gnaws at you and haunts you. I see the depth of your fear which you hide so well. And I speak expressly to you this day. Believe me. Believe me. And I will set you free. And you shall run on in faith and not fear, says the Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Come on, let's give praise to him. Peter turns to Jesus, or Jesus turns to Peter after he said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And it impressed Jesus to the point that he said, flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you. But it was revealed, it was uncovered, it was unveiled to you by my Father. We have to allow the Holy Spirit to teach us and show us who he is. Now watch how this story flows. Verse 18, he responds to Peter. And I say to you that you are Peter, you're a piece of the rock, you're stone. And on this rock, this large, massive rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost. That's what he said. And remember, he said that after a 120-mile trip to Caesarea, Philippi. And he said, it's my church. It's not ours. 
It's his. And to understand why Jesus brought them to that place before he began to say those things to him. There was a God that they worshiped in that pagan place whose name was Pan. He was portrayed with the hindquarters of a goat, the horns of a goat with a full beard. And it was believed about this pagan God that he would let out an awful shout that produced a sudden sensation of terror, of fear, and anxiety. And they believed that he would suddenly cause people to be overwhelmed with a feeling of frantic agitation and distress. This is where we get our word panic. And the word means fear. It means terror, dread, anxiety, to lose control, to be flustered, to be rattled. To the pagan mind in Caesarea Philippi, the caves and the shrines that were in the mountains above that city, they believed to be the gate to the underworld. And the disciples must have been stunned that he came there. A 120-mile journey, they get to what is believed in that city to be the very gates of hell where the god Pan, which was a god of anxiety and fear, was worshipped by immoral acts from the inhabitants of that city. And the Old Testament gates were often recognized as defensive. Here Jesus stood at the gates of hell. Hmm. It seemed like he didn't want his followers to be running from the gates of hell. But instead, maybe he had in mind that we would storm the gates of hell. And so a 120-mile journey from Jerusalem, further than that from Nazareth and, and Bethlehem, they come into that place, that place where pan or panic was worshipped at the gates of Hades. And it was in, hmm, it was in that setting where they worshiped fear and anxiety, that Jesus turned around and said, who do you say that I am? Because I'm going to tell you something. When we're in here and these folks are up here singing and we're gathered here with people of like faith and we're magnifying the name of the Lord, man, it's easy for us to believe. But when you're at home in the middle of the night or some afternoon, when the anxieties of this life Maybe because of family, maybe because of finance, maybe, maybe because of some physical ailment. But they, the, 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 the pan, the panic, 
begins to come against your mind to where you can't sleep. You don't want to do anything because you're afraid. You're afraid to take that big step that could have glory on the other side of it. You're afraid though and, and, and you just can't do it. That's why Jesus came to that place and turned around and said, who do you say that I am? Because um, if he is who he said he was, it doesn't matter if there are hordes of demons all around you. It doesn't matter if there's hate all around you. It doesn't matter if there's uncertainty and impossibility all around you. If he is who he said he was, then he is Lord and all things are possible to them that believe. Do you believe that? Say amen. And so this whole idea, when he turns around while he has come 120 miles with his disciples to the gates of hell, is what they called it, to worship the God panic, he turns around and says, on this rock, I'll build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I'm on an assignment this morning. He came right in the face of fear, right in the, right in the birth of fear and panic and made that declaration on this rock, I'll build my church in the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Can I remind you of something? In the, in the book of Daniel, chapter 7, verse 25, the Bible was talking about the Antichrist. Now, remember, Paul said that the spirit of Antichrist doth already work, Right? And so what we read in Daniel 7.25 is already at work. And what he said was this. He said that in the last day he would attempt to wear out or to wear down the saints of the Most High. Now if you study that verse, you're going to find that statement, wear out or wear down. It literally means to afflict and it is used exclusively in the mental sense. Why is it that in these days we have an increasing number of maladies that attack the mind? Why is it in these days that it seemed like when I was young, you didn't hear so much of this? There's so many people who are afflicted in their mind. They're crippled with fear, depression, anxiety. I've just come here to tell you what the Bible said. And Jesus in a place where that was worshiped at the gates of hell, said, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. It doesn't matter if they're worshiping this goat-like God named Pan who puts people in terror. So I've got to understand that I've been given a clue <clears throat> that in the last days, my mind is a target for the spirit of the day to come against you and harass you and attack you to bring dread and anxiety upon you. Now listen to what the Holy book said in Isaiah 54, 14 beginning in this is the Lord speaking in righteousness shall you be established and you shall be far from oppression. Everybody say amen. That's what we need to do to what God said. Just say amen. And you shall not fear. He said, you shall not, I say amen to that. 
God said, you shall not fear. So we ought to make up our mind we're not going to fear. Don't be afraid of anything. You know, I remember my little, one of my little grandchildren was at my house, and they heard something and came in there and said, I'm afraid, Papa. I said, oh, no, baby. There's nothing in this house for you to be afraid of. There's not anything anywhere for you to be afraid of. And I told her, I said, Papa's right here to take care of you and protect you and defend you. But bigger than that, God is here to pray. You say, oh, I don't know. Sometimes I don't feel him. Well, you've got to answer the question, who do you say that he is? And if he is a friend that stays closer than a brother, if he's with you always, even to the end of the world, then you've got to say, amen, I will not be afraid because that's what God said. You shall not fear and from terror for it shall not come near you. Behold, they shall gather together. They're going to try to come on you, but not by me. And whosoever shall gather together against you shall fall for your sake. Why don't you just shout out loud, I shall not fear. fear. Say that again, I shall not fear. fear. The Bible said in Isaiah 54, 17, a few verses later, no weapon. Fear is a tool of Satan. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. Every tongue that speaks a sentence on you, you shall declare them wrong. He said, for your righteousness is of me, says the Lord. I look in Luke 12 and 32. Jesus said, fear not, little flock. It's the Father's good pleasure to give unto you the kingdom. Romans 8, 15 said, we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but we have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. 2 Timothy 1 and 7 said that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. If God didn't give it to me, I will not have it. Somebody say amen. Amen. The Bible said in John 14, 27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world do I give to you. So let, listen to what he said. Let not your heart be troubled and neither let it be afraid. (laughs) I I got something to say about fear in my life. Don't let your heart be afraid. You might say, but old preacher, mama was afraid. Grandma was afraid. I've been afraid of stuff all my life. You don't have to be a thousand shall fall at my side and 10,000 at my right hand, but it will not come near me, the Bible said. Somebody somewhere at some point in time has got to stand up and make a decision. I will not fear. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Listen to this, Proverbs 3.25. Have no fear of sudden disaster or of the ruin that overtakes the wicked. But you know how we are. The phone rings at 2.30 in the morning. We're stumbling to get the phone thinking, oh, somebody's died. What what if somebody just got an inheritance and they want to give you $100,000? Why don't we think like that? He said, have no fear of sudden Disaster, For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot 
from being snared. <laughs> David said in Psalm 23, 4, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear what? I will fear no evil. Psalm 118 and 6 said, The Lord is on my side. I shall not be afraid. Isaiah 43, verse 1, he said, Fear not, for I have called you by name in your mind. And when you pass through the rivers, they'll not overflow you. And when you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, and neither shall the flame kindle on you, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. Psalm 27, verse 1, listen to the Holy Scripture. He said, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes, came on me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. And though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. This one thing have I desired, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord forever, to inquire in his temple, to behold his beauty. For in the time of trouble, he will hide me in his pavilion, and in the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me, and he shall set me up upon a rock. You don't have to be afraid. You know, I have this vivid memory, Pastor. I had some unstable person that threatened to kill me. And he had no known address. And he came, in, they, they, he came in church one day and somebody saw a gun in his belt. And I happened to be, you know what? I was here. I just happened to put those two things together. I was preaching here at a prayer conference, maybe with you. And this guy came looking for me. And so, you know, all the security people in the church, they're, you know, they're on pins and needles. And this guy, he would show up and then we wouldn't see him for a year. And then he'd show back up. And I'll never forget one Sunday morning, I was walking into the sanctuary out in the hall, and I looked down the end of the hallway, and here he come. He had a trench coat on. And they started trying to push me like I was the president of the United States. Oh, we got we to gotta get you back. <laughs> no, I'm not afraid of him. And I just, I, I said, watch this. And I went down there and hugged him. And I hugged him like this. <laughs> he had a trench coat on. I was hugging him on the side. I was hugging him everywhere. And I came back and told him, I said, if he's got a gun, it's on his ankle. It's the only place I didn't hug. <laughs> but we, we get so fearful. Our culture drives fear. I mean, don't come out of your house or you might get the, the COVID cooties. And it begins to, and listen, I know, I know that's, I know COVID's real. I get that. But I am not going to live my life driven by fear about anything. You know, we're talking about what's happening, what's happening in Ukraine right now. And they talk about how it could spill over and, and how it could become a much larger. I've heard people say we might be watching World War III start. And people just panic and they get afraid. He said, I shall not Fear, because I want you to listen. Do you remember when Jesus was in the boat and he told him, we're going to the other side? And then he went and took a nap and the storm came and they ran and woke him up and said, do you not care that we're dying? So they already decided they were going to die and they already decided Jesus didn't care. And what did he say to them? Why is it that you are so fearful 
And how is it that you have no faith? When Jesus was ministering to the woman with the issue of blood on his way to the house of Jairus, and a servant came from that house and said, don't bother the master anymore, your daughter's dead. What did Jesus say to him? He said, fear not, only believe. You have to choose between the two. You can't have both at the same time. If I understand the Bible, you cannot have both at the same time. Why are you fearful and you have no faith? Fear not. Just believe. The thing about fear, it devastates a person's life just as much as faith brings blessing to someone's life. We're called to believe. Amen? And there's times I don't understand things. There's times that don't make sense to me. But I believe. I've seen too much. I've been through too much. I believe. Come on, somebody, and say amen. amen. Let, me just, let me just tell you what the Bible said. The Scripture said in James 1, 6 and 7, Let him ask in faith nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a sea driven and tossed by the wind. And let not that man think he should receive anything from the Lord. Wow. That's what your Bible says. 2 Corinthians 5 and 7 said we walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by what we believe and not by the things that we're seeing around us. The scripture said in Matthew 8, 13, as you have believed, so be it done unto you. Matthew 9, 29 said, according to your faith, be it done to you. The scripture says in Matthew chapter 17, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you can say to the mountain, be removed to yonder place, and it shall remove and nothing. Listen to what the Bible said. Nothing shall be impossible with you. Mark eleven twenty four said, what well, things whoever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Mark 16, 17 said, these signs shall follow who? Them that believe. In John 14, verse 12, Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say to you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, he shall do also, and greater works than these shall he also do, because I go unto the Father, and whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, that will I do, that the Father might be glorified in the Son. What was it all predicated on? He that believeth on me. I got to believe. Romans 1, 17 said, The just shall live by faith. 1 John 5, 4 said, whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So Jesus took a 120-mile journey with those closest to him. They came to Caesarea Philippi, the center of pagan worship, to the god Pan, which is where we get our word panic, because he would bring sudden dread and terror on people to the place that was called the gates of hell, and it was there. They must have been stunned that he came there. It was there that he turned around and said, who do you say that I am? And he began to tell them, on this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, fast forward to today. Panic, dread, and fear 
is still attacking and warring with his church. And too many have succumbed to it. And we need to be free, especially in these days. If you believe that, say amen. I want you to stand with me, if you will. I want you to shout this right out loud. I shall not fear. Mm -mm. Yeah, you said that like a minute. I will not be afraid. Now, I, I don't know. I don't know who all or, or, or what God wants to touch today, but I know that there are there's somebody, I suppose more than a few, that if you will let him today, your life will be different after this morning because of the power of his word that is forever settled. We declared that a while ago. It's forever settled in heaven. And when we just simply do it and embrace it, you don't have to make it work. It just works. Amen? So, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I ask you by the authority of your word that you would stretch forth your hand by the power of your spirit. And today, set people free. Lord, even somebody that has been full of fear for years in their life, that they will go out of this place today feeling the extraordinary newness of a real peace. Father, we pray your kingdom would come on us and your will would be done. And we pray that in the name of Jesus Christ. And everybody said amen. Amen. Now, I'm not going to try to manipulate you to the altar. I'm not going to do anything like that. If you're here today and you say, I struggle with fear. I struggle with anxiety. It's real in my life. And I want to be free of it once and for all. I want you to get out from where you're standing and come on down here quickly. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I want to be free of fear once and for all. And if you don't mind, just come and stand down here for just a... Uh, come on, I'm going to wait 30 seconds. I have come and delivered what God put in my heart, and that's all I have to do. You will respond if that's, if that's you. And if that's you, come on, because you're going to get free today. You're going to get free today. Come on. My, matter of fact, I don't know if I've ever done this before or said it quite like this, but why don't you look around at somebody and ask them, do you need to be free from fear? Because matter of fact, some of you are standing by your spouse, and you know that both of you should be here. I want you to turn around to somebody next to you and just ask them, do you need to get free from fear today? Just ask them that. And if they say, yes, I do, then take them by the hand and say, come on, let's go. Amen. Because a fearless life is what God intended you to live. A fearless life is what God meant for you to walk out every day. Just think about that. Some of you that struggle with fear. Just think about going to bed at night and not worrying about it. Think about going to bed at night and sleeping like a baby. Not being afraid of what they said or what they're saying or what they're going to say. Not being afraid of what could happen, what might happen. Because you know who he is and that he has come to to set you free. Thank you, Lord. Can we just lift our hands and worship this way to a second longer? Anybody else? Come right on. God's got something for you.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Those of you standing down here, stretch up your hands to your Heavenly Father and just worship Him. I want you to think about who He is. There's nobody like Him. He's on the throne today. He has all power and might, and He loves you more than you could ever begin to comprehend or know. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Blessed is your holy name. Blessed is your holy name. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to ask if I could get some of the elders or an altar team or whoever to come and help me pray for these folks. They're going to sing and, and God's going to set you free. Listen to me. Don't pray like this is just another moment and you're just going to say some words. I want you to receive the deliverance of the hand of God to make you free from fear today because that's what his word said and that's exactly what he'll do. You let him have it. Give it to him. Cast your care upon him because he cares for you. Let's pray and then we're going we're gonna to pray individually. Father, you see this group of people standing here. Lord, you, your word tells us that there is torment and fear. Your Holy Spirit has spoken to us today. And Lord, you gave us promise. You gave us promise in your book. I pray God break every chain. I pray God break every fetter, break every torment of fear and let people be different. Lord, radically different when they go out of this place. Set free by the hand of God. And we pray that in the name of Jesus Christ. Come on. Those of you in your seat, would you point your hands down here and let's pray that God will do his great work among these. Till I can reach 
folks continue to pray, let me just remind you, especially if you were down here. The Bible tells us that fear will gather against you. It'll try to come in. But that's when you need to stop and recognize who you decide he is. And if you need to stop and have a praise and worship service by yourself, or just stop and pray, think about who he is. That's how you combat fear. Everybody shout real loud, I shall not fear. Now clap your hands and give praise to God for that promise that he gave. I want you to do a favor, something with a favor for me. I want you to say, in being confident of this very thing, he which begun a good work in me, he will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. If he is the planner, the architect, the designer of my life, if he is the author and the finisher of my faith, then what I got to fear about? If he's going to finish to give can I have an amen? If I am blessed rising up, and if I'm blessed lying down, if I'm blessed going out, and if I'm blessed coming in, if I'm blessed in the home, if I'm blessed in the city, if I'm blessed in the field, if I'm blessed wherever I go, then what do I got to, if I am sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, then what do I got to worry about? You say, well, I'm in a trial. Well, if you're in a trial, it's because God's allowed it, or he wouldn't allow you to be tempted or tried more than you are able. He knows your load limit. That's a promise, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Even if you're in a trial, you don't have to get scared. You can rejoice because you can understand that all things work together for the good of them that love them. God's doing a far greater work in you than what you can ever even imagine. There's simply nothing to fear. In trial, out of trial, it don't matter. He is Lord. He's Messiah, owner, possessor of my life. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody give him a shout. I want you to be blessed. I tell you the way, that, now he'll be here tonight. We want you to come back tonight and listen to the, the message. We want you to bring all your friends, neighbors. Um, go out and get all those with COVID and bring them in. Tell them not to fear. There is some books out there if you'd like to buy them. They're a tremendous book. I've read it myself. I've got it in my library. I want you to be blessed. I just want you to look at some somebody and encourage them. Say you're blessed. Despite what's going on, you're blessed in Jesus' name.